0: Welcome to Passion Life Church. You hey, you, Passion Life Church. So glad that you're here this morning. Come on, let's give the Lord the best round of applause that we can give him all day. So glad that you're here. If you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to Genesis chapter 12. Genesis chapter 12, and we're going to begin reading in verse 1 here in just a few moments. And Genesis is the first book of the Bible. And, you know, an encounter, an encounter can be uh, described as a collision with the unexpected. I, I don't know about you, but I am believing for more God encounters in my life. I'm not happy with just some of the ones that I had, but I'm believing that God wants to encounter us and us encounter him more in our daily life, not just on Sunday. Anybody agree with that today? And so we're looking at this and calling this a collision with the unexpected, that we look and go through our lives believing that God can do something in a moment, that maybe it could be a miracle, or maybe he could, you know, give you a word. But let me just kind of really define what I'm saying when I'm talking about a collision with the unexpected. I'm not talking about you having a brush with angels' wings. I'm not talking about you having a vague impression of the sense I sense, God. I'm talking about a radical collision with the unexpected, a full-on God encounter in your life. Anybody with me this morning? And... um, And here's what a God encounter will do. It'll bring, really, the miraculous into your life. It'll bring the supernatural into your life. And what happens is when you have a God encounter, if you've ever had one, it'll take the blinders off your eyes. It'll give you a a new perspective. Um, It has the potential to shift and change things in your life, like Ruth was talking about today during worship. It can give you a, a new perspective. And you know what a God encounter can do as well? It can kind of restore those old dreams that you had, the visions that you had. I hope you have a dream. I hope that um the Bible says without a vision, people perish. I hope you have a vision for your future, a, a, a God dream, but a God encounter, what it can do is it can actually restore those dreams and those visions. And it's about really expecting the unexpected, you know? And uh, I, I think in my life, I don't know about you, if you feel this way sometimes, but I feel like things are gonna shift, something good is gonna happen, some good things. Anybody feel that way? As a child of God, we expect the unexpected. And But it's important to know that as we live live our lives this way and we're expecting a God encounter, the enemy is going to try to do everything he can in his power to stop you from having God encounters. He hates when you have God encounters. He'll try to even rob you of the joy of, of experiencing God. And I've entitled today, faith that accesses the future. Everybody say that with me. Say faith, Faith. come on Faith faith that accesses the future. Have you found Genesis chapter 12, verse 1? If not, that's all right. Just look on the screen. We're going to look into the life of Abraham. Abraham was a man who accessed the incredible future that God had for him, but he did it by faith. Genesis chapter 12, verse 1, it says, The Lord said to Abram, Go from your country, your people, and your father's house to the land I will show you. I want you to notice as we read this, when you look at the Bible, what God is telling Abraham and how God uses I will. I will show you. Abraham. This is what I'm going to do. He says this, I will show you. Verse 2, I will make you a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. Verse 3, I will bless those who bless you. I and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all the people of the earth will be blessed through you. What a promise. Verse 4, so Abraham went. Somebody say, Abraham went. So Abraham went, and as the Lord told him, and Lot went with him, Abraham was 75 years old. How old was Abraham? 75 years old when he set out from Haran. God had an incredible future for Abraham. You know, I think that this can become a cliche if we come to church or maybe you're coming back to church that you hear how God has an incredible plan for your life. And the reality is it's not a cliche. It's actually a truth that God has for your life. You, I love what Dr. Maiden said when he was here for our conference. He said, God had your purpose all laid out before he put you on the earth. You were not here to just suck up air. You are here for a purpose, not just an existence for a life uh, to be alive. There's so many people who are just living, but they're not fully alive. Can you tell that I'm fully alive today? Can I hear a good amen? And you know what? That's why a lot of people are depressed in their life because they see no purpose and they see no future and you will. And the truth is, is that when you see no purpose or you see no future, you'll always go back to your past. A person who doesn't see future, a person who doesn't see vision, will always go back to their past. And God has this incredible promises that he lays out for Abraham's future. And he does have incredible promises just like he did for Abraham for you. And you know what? It's amazing to me how we can have these desires like Abraham. Abraham had a desire to have a son. But yet God's desire for Abraham was bigger than God's than Abraham's desire for himself. And that's often like God. You have plans, but God's plans are always bigger. And I will tell you that if you can accomplish your plans by yourself, then it's not God's plan. Because when it's God's plan, you need God to partner with you to have that plan come to pass. Can I hear a good amen? If you can accomplish your dream by yourself, then it's just your dream. But when you have a dream from God, it cannot happen unless God intervenes, and you have a God encounter and a collision with the unexpected. And I love this, because here is Abraham, and he wants, and he has a desire for a son. It's amazing. It's good. But here's what I found. God has a bigger plan. And so God would change his name from Abram, which means exalted father in the Hebrew, to father of many. You know, Abraham was called a friend of God. A friend of God. I I love that. The Bible talks about how he believed God and it was counted unto him for righteousness. This this Abraham is amazing. I love, but here's the thing about that I love about Abraham is that he would access this incredible future that God has for him by faith. And I love that in his life, Abraham is 75 years old and he has an encounter with God. Now watch this. Do you know that God initiated? this encounter with Abraham. You know, the Bible says that if we'll draw close or draw near to God, he'll draw near to us. And it almost sounds like we're making the first step, but we're not making the first step. In truth, we are drawing near because God has already drawn near. God has already given you access. You're as close to God today as you want to be. He's already given us his son, Jesus, forgiveness of sins. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. You can come before me if you come through the way. So here we are. We have the way. We have access to him. He's already made a way. But what are you doing with the way that he made? Yeah, see what I'm saying? No response. No response. So what are we doing with the access that we have to the Father? And he says, if you will draw nigh to me, I will draw nigh to you. So God has already wanted to and come close. This is why it's important for us to go through our daily lives and say, you know what? God, I want an encounter with you. I want a collision with the unexpected. And I love that God initiates this encounter. And he says all of these promises, these great promises to Abraham. He's like, you know what? I'm going to make you a great nation. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to make your name great, and you'll be a blessing. And you know what's interesting, my church family, is I, as I look at these promises, you know what ignited these promises in Abraham's life? A word from God. A word from God. Now listen, you can encounter God in many ways. Some people think when we turn the air conditioner on and they get goose pimples, ooh, that's God. Whoo, ooh. And if there's no goose pimples, ooh, it's not God. God has nothing to do with your goose pimples, right? That's not the way that we determine whether we know God or not, it's not goose pimples. But I will tell you this, God, we can encounter God in many ways. You can encounter God, he can do an absolute miracle in your life. You can encounter God through worship. Worship is not just the, the 20 minutes before service so you have time because you slept in to get to service. Worship, I encounter God every time in worship. I love private worship, we need it. But I will tell you this, there's nothing like corporate worship. The Bible says that they that gather together before the Lord, in the Hebrew, that actually means, they that. Uh, the scripture actually says they that wait upon the Lord. But in the Hebrew, it says this, they that gather before the Lord, he renews strength. And I'll tell you what, if you'll get in worship, It's better than any monster drink. It's better than any Red Bull that you could drink because it's the presence of God. We can encounter him and worship. We should. I would encourage encourage you to come. People are having miracles in our worship service. Just with singing to God, the Bible says he inhabits the praises of his people. You can encounter God in in prayer. I love prayer. I think that's so important. But my church family, what I wanted to kind of hone in on today is really encountering God through his word. You know, my church family, we cannot discount encountering God through his word. And if, if, if this just becomes a little ritual that we begin to read and, oh, you know, I got to read three chapters today, you know, I'll tell you what, you can miss the whole point. This book is fully inspired by the Holy Spirit. But let me just say this, this word, Jesus says that his word and him are one. God and his word are one. See, an encounter with God's word is an encounter with God. And I wanna encourage you that this is one way that this week, man, if you do it on your phone or you do it with a literal Bible, that you would get in and say, God, by the power of your Holy Spirit, show me what you need to show me. He will show you and reveal Jesus to you. John chapter one, verse one, it says, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word, what? The word was God. So I can't discount getting in this word and having an encounter with God. It says the word was God and he was in the beginning. Look at verse three, it says, all things were made through him and all things without him, nothing was made. In him was life and the life was the light of man. God and his word are one, you cannot separate them. But you know what? I I know we as children of God, we should desire to hear God's voice. You and I, every day, it's not just, oh, you know, I'm gonna come to church and God's gonna speak through Pastor Phil, he does. Do you know, um, it's pretty amazing to me how many times I've, I've been in ministry for 25 years, I've been a youth pastor for almost, gosh, 17 to 18 of those years. It's amazing how many people do not come for counseling that are coming and sitting under the counsel of God every Sunday because they're getting a word from God. God can use me. I I believe that, and I pray that today God will help you. But here's what I want you to know. You should desire to hear his voice for yourself at work, with your kids. Pastor Phil, I don't know what's going on with my kids. Let God give you a word. Encounter him. Let him give you the wisdom that you need to help your family for your job. And it's a benefit for you and I as a child of God. John chapter 10, verse 27. Jesus said, my sheep hear my what? My voice. Wow, what a benefit. My sheep hear my voice. And look what he says, and I know them. And they follow me. Can I ask you a question? What has God been saying to you lately? What has God been saying to you? What is he saying to you about maybe your business? What is he saying to you about what he's calling you to do? Do you know? The Bible says that his word is a lamp unto our feet. It's interesting because God gives a word to Abraham. He doesn't tell him everything. And that's kind of like the word is. The word is a lamp. It's not a huge spotlight. Here's what it is. It's a lamp. In other words, it'll light the first or second step. And you have to take faith to get into that step. And see, for some of us, we look and we look into our lives and we're like, man, I'm not sure what steps. Well, you know what? You got to get into the word because this right here is a lamp unto your feet. It'll light your steps, and it's an encounter with God. But my church family, I want to just encourage us as a church and you personally, let's desire to hear God's voice. Can I hear a good amen today? And here's what I love about God's word. When God gives you a word, God's word brings the faith to accomplish that word. God's word is full of faith. Romans chapter 10, verse 17 says this So then faith comes by hearing and hearing iHeartRadio. Is that what it says? Faith comes by hearing and hearing, my friends on YouTube. No, here's what it says. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing what? The word of God. So the word of God, as it comes to you today, it comes with faith. It comes with motivation. You know, the Bible talks about there's a scripture that says people that heard the word, but they didn't mix it with faith. They got nothing out of it. So we can sit here and come to church and check on the box. Came to church today. Okay, when is this guy going to finish? Um, we got like 15 more minutes, and then I have to go. I got to get out of here, right? And you can do that, and you know what? You just wasted your time. But if you'll take the word of God, and listen, not even my words. I may have some good stories. I may make you cry every once in a while. May even give you a little goose pimple. But here's the deal. My words mean nothing. My words will always return void. His word always, never returns void. Never. And so if you'll come to church, and listen, this is why we put these words on the screen. We put God's word, because I want you to, they say, when you listen and you see and you write down, you know what, you, you, um, you attain more. And I think about when you look at that word, when you hear the word, faith is arising. And the Bible says, right, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, now faith is the substance. In other words, the foundation. Faith is the foundation. We believe in God. God is our focus. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. You know, in the Greek, the word hoped actually means this, a positive expectation of good. That's what hope means. Do you know, in Zachariah, Zachariah said this, he said, we should be prisoners of hope. In other words, Zechariah was saying this, I should be a prisoner of a positive expectation. Every day when I wake up, I want to be a prisoner of a positive expectation. Now, it's good to have hopes. It's good to have expectation. But just hope in itself is not faith. What we need is to have the foundation of God and believing in our focus in Jesus. That's the one who fulfills our hope. Can I hear a good amen today? And so as we look at Abraham's life just today, I'm just going to highlight some things. Because obviously, I mean, you could do, we could do a six-week series on Abraham. But there was just some things that really hung, just um, stuck out to me. And I think maybe it'll help you when it comes to encountering God through his word. You know, as we look at Abraham's life, when God speaks to us, here's number one. God speaks to the level that we can be. That we can be. That we can be. You know, Abraham's God encounter happened when he was 75 years old. Let's talk about age, baby. Let's talk a little bit about age. You know, 25 years of ministry, I talk to a lot of people. I talk to people who are 50 who act like they're 80. I'm 50. I talk to people who are 25 and they're like, I'm young. I can't do that because I'm too young. You got hair underneath your pits. Come on, you're an adult. You know, in the Jewish culture, you were either a child or a man. There was no in-betweeners, right? There was was no in-betweeners. And here's what we do. We allow age to disqualify us in, in these weird and wacky ways. And I brought this out today to tell you that Abraham, when he received his first encounter with God, was 75 years old. And God knew what he was doing. God knew who he was calling. God knew who he wants to bless. And I'm just tired of people telling me, well, it's because I'm this age. Or it's because I'm that age. Can I just tell you, we have a God that doesn't care what age you are and does not disqualify you because of your age the bible says that he'll renew come on our 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 youth like the eagles I mean that we will rise up and come on somebody right but you're as old as you think you are but I just think it's interesting how uh age was not a factor in God's plan do you know and I, this was the ones that really gets me because I'm 48 years old and so and I'm 48 years old and I work circles around some of these 20 year olds See, I don't got no cane or nothing. Got up at 5.30 this morning, prayed, 48 years old, working, man, loving life. I feel like it's the best life right now. I, I feel like I'm 15. My wife says I act like it too sometimes, but that's for the marriage conference. But I feel like invigorated by the life that God has. And we have these mental barriers. Pastor Phil, I'm 25 years old. I'm too young. What? David was a teenager. He was attacking giants. He was killing Goliath in his teenage years. Jesus was 12 years old when Mary, do you remember Mary and Joseph forgot about him? Remember? And they found him at the temple and Jesus didn't get on the phone and call CPS and said, hey, no, he didn't do that. Mary and Joseph walk up to him and Jesus at 12 years old, listen, he said, I'm about my father's business at 12 years old. Don't tell me you're too young. When's too old? Well, you know, Pastor Phil, when I turn 30, that's when I'm going to get serious. 30? What, What magically happens at 30? Well, I'm not in my 20s anymore. Teenagers do the same thing. 19, when I turn 20, I'll I'll get serious. Yeah, 20s are waiting for 30s and 30s, and we all know life really begins at 40. You know what those all are? Those are mental barriers that we disqualify ourselves from what God wants to do. God wants to use you right here, right now, and his power doesn't say, I can do it. If you're 69, I can't. But you know what? Abraham, 75 years old. 75 years old old. I think what's interesting is that God gives them a promise that they're going to have a son. Ladies and gentlemen, there was no Viagra that. Sarah's plumbing wasn't working. Come on. And God, listen, speaks to the level they can be and says, you're going to have a son. There is no earthly possibility for them to have this, son, this child. But with God, all things are possible. And if God says you and your wife are gonna have a child and you are in your hundreds, you haven't a baby. We're throwing you a diaper party. But I find what's interesting is, listen, I want you to listen to this. Their plumbing is not working. And we're gonna read in just a little bit. Abraham says that his body is pretty much as good as dead. It wasn't their plumbing, it wasn't their body, it wasn't their age that got them to access the promises of God, it was their faith. Did you get that? It was their faith. Sometimes I don't know how. <laughs> the Bible says I can speak truth and love, right? I don't know if I should go here, but I'm gonna go here. Because at this point, if you weren't gonna come back, you're probably not gonna come back anyway, so <laughs> we're good. We make all of these excuses of why we can't be all that we can be. All right, you ready? I'm saying, In love. Well, it's because of of the color of my skin. No, it's not. You want to access your, fa- you want to access God's promise. It's because of your faith, not because of your age, not because of the color of your skin. It's not where you grew up. Listen, it's not who's in your life. It's because of your faith. It's what faith that is. Accesses God, right? The Bible says, "Without faith, it is impossible to please God." So God is no discrimination of persons. What He is a discriminator of is faith. He wants to know, do you believe that He can? Will you act like He can? That's faith. So here. what he does he speaks to what you can be you can be you are more than a conqueror i don't feel like a conqueror he comes to a man named gideon who's hiding out and he tells gideon he says you mighty warrior and gideon goes huh who are you talking to Me, I'm hiding out, and he speaks to people's potential. That's what he does, and we have to understand that. And so if I'm going to access my future by faith, I need to speak what God is speaking about me, not what my ex is speaking about me, not what my friends are speaking about me, my frenemies are speaking about me. I need to speak what God speaks about me. Listen, if you're taking notes, write this down. See, our faith will never rise above the words of our lips. Are you saying what God has said about you? Are you saying it? Say what God says. Pastor Phil, it feels funny. I know. But the truth is, is that you're speaking God's truth over your life. Not the way you feel. I think we're guilty sometimes of that. Right? We always just speak what we feel instead of speaking faith. Right? And there's sometimes I don't feel too good but I've learned in maturity, I'm not gonna just speak what I feel. I'm gonna speak what God says that I can be, come on somebody, and when God says it, if I'll speak it and believe it, it will happen. So God always speaks to the level we can be. Abraham, you're gonna have a son, I'm going to bless you. But he tells Abraham that, and Abraham doesn't have a son doesn't have a son yet. Here's number two. When God speaks to us, God speaks to give you direction. Everybody say direction. It's interesting. The word comes to Abraham. And this is the word. Are you ready? Listen, how encouraging this is. Abraham, I want you to leave your country. I want you to leave your people. I want you to leave your father's house. Wow. Thank you, Lord. That's, that's, that's real encouraging. Now, If you don't understand the kingdom of God, when you hear these words, it seems, right? You can look at at what God is saying and think, wow, God is trying to leave me at a loss in my life. Leave my people. Leave my country. Leave my father's household. But here's what we need to understand about the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is a backwards kingdom to the world. The, the the world says get all you can right and sit on the can. Here's what God says, give and it shall be given unto you. Jesus says if you want life, you need to lay down your life and I will give you my life. But there is a loss what is the loss the loss of your life can i just tell you personally the loss of my life at 19 years old when i gave my life to christ it was no big deal for the, compared to the life that i have it was total gain god gave me his abundant life so when i look at that but when you look at this and you go wow god is asking to leave abraham leave your country leave your people leave your household And I'm gonna tell you why God said that. The truth was, the country that he lived in, they all worshiped idols. Now, that may not mean a lot to you, but let me just tell you what idol worship is. We have it today. Some people, you know, worship the Seahawks. They're not here today because they're at home. Some people worship different things. Some people worship money. And here's, if we were to break down what worship is, idol worship is, is you're putting your trust in something that cannot perform for you you put you can put your trust in money all you want, but trust does not money does not have the power to heal you. I know people that are millionaires who still can 't get healed with all the money that they have and listen i 'm not against money but I am against money having you i 'm not against you having money but i 'm against you money having you because when you put your trust in it you will be deceived, but people do that, and here's the land that they lived in. All of these people didn't trust in God. What they did was they trusted in other gods. Listen, Abraham's father worshiped idols as well. We don't really talk about Abraham's father, but the truth is Abraham's father worshiped idols, and listen to this. Abraham's father never made it to where God wanted him to be in his life. Abraham's father never made it to Canaan. Abraham's father actually settled for a less life. How do you know that, Pastor Phil? Genesis chapter 11, verse 31. It says, Terah took his son Abraham and grandson Lot, son of Haran, and his daughter-in-law Sarah, the wife of his son Abraham. Listen, and together, everybody say they set out. They set out from Ur of the Chaldees to Canaan, right? So let's just say Canaan is the place that God is calling them to be. So they set out to Canaan. Abraham's father is setting out to Canaan. Watch this. But when they came to Haran, they settled there. Terah lived 205 years and he died in Haran. Died in Haran. What a legacy. Listen, listen. I set out right? I set out, I stopped, I settled, and I died. I set out, Ooh, had big ambitions, had goals. Ooh, yeah. I'm pumped. Let's do it. I stopped, I settled, and I died. And the problem with Abraham's father was, is he settled. And before we think that God is mean and wants us to get away from our families, God was saying, if you stay with your family, they're all settling and they're all going to die in a place and never get to where I want them to be. And if you hang around them and stay them, you will settle as well. And Abraham, you will never become the the man that I am calling you to be. So here's the reality. You're going to have to get out and you're going to have to leave. And here's what I understand about God. Anytime God asks you to leave or God asks you to move, he never gives you less than what you have. God was saying, you need to get away from these people because they're settling. But here's the thing, I'm not gonna leave you. Come on, I'm not gonna leave you without a family. I'm not gonna leave you without a son. As a matter of fact, I'm gonna create a whole new nation unto myself and it's gonna happen through you, Abraham. And you know what? I thought about, man, this is a, a, a tough word for God to tell Abraham, listen, you need to leave your family and your country. I thought, wow, God's pretty adamant about people in their life just settling, so adamant that he says, Abraham, I want you to get away from people in your life who are just settling. And I thought, wow, it's interesting. I need to evaluate my environment. Am I just settling? Am I creating this environment in my life that's just conducive for my comfort and it's killing my potential and my growth? Look at my friends, Phil. Phil, look at your friends. How many of you, of your friends have stopped growing and have started to settle? And here's what happens. You know how we start to settle? We stop doing what we know we're supposed to be doing. I just stopped giving because it got hard. Yeah, you stopped giving a long time ago. And you know what? Now you're not experiencing the blessings that God has financially. You know why? Now you're settling for the life that's way less that God has for us. And you know what is my pet peeve as a pastor? Then people turn around and blame God. It's not God's fault that you settled for a life that is less. But we've got to be obedient and do what God is asking to to do. And, you know, in 25 years of counseling, I I put this quote together. It says, many of our deepest frustrations lie in the comfort zone that we ourselves have created. Man, my goal is comfort. Ooh. Is there anything wrong with comfort? No. But I will tell you this. We need rest. We need vacations. Those are all good. But when we and set out for our goal to be a life of comfort, your comfort will kill you and kill your potential. What are you saying, Pastor Phil? I I, I see it all the time. And here's, it's very subtle. This is how it starts. And I don't care what age you are. This is how it starts. It starts with a, you know what? Uh, I I don't want to do that anymore. Instead of, listen, I don't want to, we should be like, I'm willing to do this, God, if you want us to do this. And it, it starts out with not only I don't want to, then it starts out to, I can't. I can't, I won't even try when it should be. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me and I'm going to try. Right? And here's what we do. We start choosing what's easy and we've stopped attempting anything. That's hard. Now I'll have to be honest with you. I'm a first guy that says, let's work smarter, not harder. I'm the first guy. But you know what? We can come to a place where we don't try hard things anymore, where we're like, God wants us to take territory. I'm just, uh, you know, just going to sit on my couch. And you know what? I've In 25 years of counseling, I've counseled these people, and they are deeply frustrated. You know why? Because they stopped, they settled, and something in them has started to die. Because they're going, is this good this morning? And, and what happened was, yeah, you can give the Lord a good round of applause. Abraham's dad set out, but he stopped in Haran and he settled. And God knew if Abraham didn't move, he would settle. My church family, look at me, I know this is not easy. I, I I know this is not easy, but it's tough when it comes to family. It's tough when it comes to close friends. But here is why God asked Abraham to move. He, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 8. He, Abraham is in the Hall of Fame, and it says this. By faith, Abraham, when he was called to a place, he would later receive. Everybody say his inheritance. His inheritance. And he obeyed, and he went, even though he did not know where he was going. Listen, I want you to listen to this. God called him out because God had a specific strategic inheritance Abraham. Let me say it this way for us. God calls us out because our destinies are on the line. I wish, I wish that my destinies were more connected to my family. I love my family, but here's what you're going to have to decide. Are you going to settle with your family and die in Haran? Or are you going to go after your inheritance whether nobody goes with you or not? Are you going to go and say, I'm going to go. God, what you have for me, nobody's going to stop. I don't care if people settle. I'm not settling. And don't get mad at me if you settle and I don't. That's where we are. Look, oh, God, I don't know why. Do you just love them? No, God loves us all the same. He's not a respecter of persons. He's a respecter of principles. And what he says is if you need to move out and get out, you need to get out. Because there's a, your environment and the people around you are going to cause you to draw back and die before your time. That's not what Abraham did. He obeyed. And he says, I'm going after the inheritance that God has for me. Wow, Pastor Phil, that sounds mean. That sounds arrogant. No, it's actually worship because we worship God because he's the one that gave us this amazing destiny. You know, God, the Bible says that many are called, but few are chosen. Somebody once said it this way, God calls everybody, but few actually show up. And you got to decide for you and your family. I'm going to tell you this, if you're here today for the first time, you're not coming to a church that's going to settle we're not going to settle. You know why? Can I tell you why? My heart beats for people. There are people who are dying and going to hell in our community that have never heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we need to get out and we need to start to reach people. You have a destiny. And I just felt right now by the Holy Spirit, for those of you that are just thinking right now, nah, you don't understand. It's over. I'm done. Oh no, it's not. It's just the beginning. Abraham started at 75 years old. God has not forgotten you. Listen, God is going to finish what he has started in you, but you just make a decision that you are not going to settle. Come on, give him a a good round of applause. And so when God speaks to us, he gives us a new direction. And let me, again, I want to say this. God wasn't asking him to live without a family. God was going to give him a new family. And God always makes up. Do you know, um, I like telling our story because we're seeing God's miracles in our life. You know, I was a youth pastor for many years, 11 years at our previous church in El Paso, Texas, which there was a shooting there if if you watch the news and please pray for them. And and, uh, they're having services today. And and, uh, I was a youth pastor there. We were so excited. My wife and I went and got married and to get our first house. I mean, when you get your first house, it's, it's nothing like your first house. And we thought at that point, wow, man, this is, this is just kind of our dream home. You know, th- thank you, Jesus. And we didn't even live in that house a year when God spoke to us and gave us a new direction to come to California. Now, what I'm telling you is sometimes we don't know what we even want. I thought that was our dream house. I thought life could not get any better than El Paso, Texas. I've lived there for most of my life, had some great friends, and when God called us to leave there, you can think, well, this is God is God, you're asking us to live at a loss. But there's see there's a, there's a promise in the Bible that says anything that you give up for God, houses, family, God will give back to you a hundredfold in this lifetime, not in heaven. This in this lifetime. And we thought, we thought, okay, God, so we're going to give it up. Can I just tell you, God owns the cattle on a thousand hills? It, houses are nothing for God. Listen. God bringing the right people into your life is nothing for God. If we'll just do what he asks us to do. And so we just believed, you know, that God would, would do something. We lived in an apartment for six years, you know. Um, we've been here now in Marietta for seven years and God blessed us with an amazing, amazing house we love. And I thought that was our dream house now. And we've had two people that haven't talked to each other at the conference told us and prophesied that God's gonna give us another house. Ladies and gentlemen, I don't really need another house. But look at me. God doesn't forget what you give up for him. God doesn't forget what you give up for him. And what you give up for him is nothing compared to what he gives back to you. What did you give God? You gave him your sin. What did he give you? He gave you a savior. What did you give God? Your sickness and what did he give you? healing the exchange does not compare and here we do and even sometimes when the offering is passing by we think God's trying to take something God doesn't need your money what he wants you to do is invest in the kingdom of God that's bigger than any kingdom that's better than any economy because he wants to get you to your destiny and give back to you can I hear a good amen today come on give him a good round of applause Are you glad you came to church today? And I want to remind you, this is a God encounter through His word. But here's the question: What do you do? See, what you do in response to God's word reveals what you truly believe about God. What do you believe about God? Do you really believe like God's trying to like, He just loves to see you suffer? <laughs> Who in their right mind? as a father wants to see their kids suffer. And the Bible says you being evil, you love your kids, but here's the deal. How much more does their heavenly father care about you? Want to protect you and love you. Here's number three. When God speaks, he speaks promises to you, but they're also beyond you. What do I mean? See. We know Abraham had faith because of his actions. I mean, Abraham was the guy when God says, hey, look, I want you to sacrifice your only son, right? Isaac, he's like, we'll do it. He's like, God will provide. He, he does, it. He does what, what God asks him to do, right? Abraham was called the friend of God. But I think it's important if you're taking notes, write this down. Our greatest act of love to God is our obedience to him. What are you gonna do with the word that you know? Because that word's coming to you with faith. That word's coming to you. Are you gonna step on that word? See, a lot of people think when, when Jesus told Peter to walk on water, that Peter walked on water. Peter didn't walk on water, Peter walked on the word of God. One word from God, come, Peter stepped on and walked over things that people couldn't walk over. And God will do the same for you. What are you gonna do with that word? See, What we do says more about what we believe than what we say we believe. Faith with no action is no faith at all. And I just want to encourage you today, because I don't know where you are. I've come to church. My parents made me come to church. I could have a fever of 104, and my mom's like, we're going to church. And I said, Mom, if we go to church, I could die in church. She said, dying in church is the best place to die. Because the p- pastor is already there. We'll do the funeral right after the service. And she drug me to church. And I sat, maybe like you today, and I heard the word, and I just go, man, how come this stuff doesn't work? And let me just tell you, this is not going to work until you work it. It's not going to work till you take that step of obedience and say, God, when you put it in that, my friends, is faith. That's my friends is faith. And here's the cool thing. I love what Ruth said today during worship. Do you know that you are not responsible for the results? You know what you're responsible for? The response. All my responsibility is, is to respond to what God tells me. And God is responsible for the results. See, I think this is where we need to realign our focus because we can be control freaks and we want to control the outcome. You're not responsible for the outcome. Just be responsible to respond to what God asks you. And if you will do that, God will take care of the results. Can I hear a good amen? Right? If we'll, the Bible says, train up a child. If we'll respond and say, God, I'm going to train up my child. You know what? God will take care of your kids. But we just do our part. And so let's stop freaking out about how everything's going to turn out and just do what God is calling us to do. And here's what I love about Abraham. He wasn't perfect. I mean, the dude lied. I mean, you want to talk about some people watch Game of Thrones? Read your Bible. Sarah walks up to him and says, hey, babe, got this sexy little uh, maid over here. And, uh, you know, my plumbing's not working. She's pretty hot. Maybe, maybe you should do the deed over there and God will bring about his promise. How twisted is that, huh? It's twisted, but you know what Sarah was doing? She was trying to bring about God's will her own way. We do it all the time. And, Sarah, and Abraham, like a good man, does what his wife tells him to do. <laughs> Come on, ladies, where are you at? Now, now, now you're quiet. It's like, yes, honey. And Ishmael was born. I want to encourage you today. Abraham was not some alien person. He was a normal guy like you and I. But here's what I love as we bring this to a close today. When you read about Abraham in the New Testament, do you know that it doesn't mention any of his mistakes? Are you ready to read about Abraham? Because... He wasn't perfect. And he, I mean, I can just imagine how impatient he was because it took a long time for him to have this son. But Paul writes about Abraham. Listen to what he says in Romans chapter 4, verse 18. It says, even when there was no reason to hope, the positive expectation of good, Abraham kept hoping. He kept believing that he would become the father of many nations for God had said it to him. That's how many descendants you will have. And Abraham's faith, everybody say faith. Watch this. Abraham's faith did not weaken even though at about a hundred years of age he figured his body was as good as dead and so was Abraham's. Watch this. Abraham never wavered in believing God's promise. In fact, his faith grew stronger and in this, watch this, he brought glory to God. He was fully convinced that God is able to do what he had promise. You know the Bible says that Abraham gave glory to God. That word glory there in the Greek means weight. In other words, Abraham put more weight in God's promise than his age. God, Abraham put more weight in God's promise than his bank account. Abraham put more weight in God's promise than his circumstance. And Abraham's faith persisted even when nothing changed. That's when you know you have faith is when nothing's changing and you keep believing. It seems like nothing on the outcome, on the, on the natural side is changing, but you stay persistent. My church family, Abraham and Sarah, gave birth to their son, Isaac, and he accessed what God had. You know what's so amazing, and I wanna end here? I don't think Abraham ever thought that one day through his lineage, would come the son of God. God's plan for Abraham was bigger. Do you know the reason why I said God speaks to us, promises to you and beyond you? Listen, Abraham is leaving a legacy to us. Do you know that you and I today are still part of Abraham's promise? Let me ask that again. Do you know that you and I today are still part of Abraham's promise? Watch this. If you didn't know this, today it'll help you. Galatians chapter three, verse 29, Paul says, and if you are Christ's, how many of you have Jesus Christ in your heart? Let me see. Let me see your hand. You have Jesus Christ in your heart. Then you are Christ's. Come on, say, I am Christ's. Watch. If you are Christ, you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise? What promise? The promise that God made Abraham in Genesis, that he will bless you and you will be a blessing. That he's going to make your name great. Why? Not for your glory, but for his glory. Come on, somebody. We have a father (laughs) named Abraham. So let's just praise the Lord right on. We have a father named Abraham who had a God encounter that when he died, he didn't even see the fullness of the promise because the promise is still happening today because when you and I or anyone receives Jesus, we become a part of this incredible lineage. My church family, everybody, look at me. This is why we're spending time on God encounters because Abraham had one word from God and his whole legacy was birth, And my church family, it's the same with you. If you'll have a God encounter, your life is bigger than just you. My life is bigger than just me. And the God encounters that we're going to have are going to affect our family, are going to affect our city. Come on, Marietta needs a God encounter. Come on, can I hear a good amen? Our city needs a God encounter. And here's what I want to say to you today, that these God encounters are not just for us, but they're for your generations, our family. But it all started with the word from God. Thank you for listening today. We hope that you were encouraged and uplifted by today's message. For more information about Passion Life Church, visit us online at passionlifechurch.com.